0: Welcome to the Game Deflators Podcast, episode 17. My name is John, and
1: I'm joined by Ryan. Hey, everybody. So here on the Game Deflators Podcast, we like to talk about games that we recently picked up, games that we're currently playing, and as always, the ever-loved Inflation Deflation Challenge, where we take a game off of John's shelf and we decide, is this game really worth what people are saying it's worth online?
0: Unfortunately, about 90% of the time, it turns out that my games are absolute trash, uh, so that's unfortunate. But they uh, do hold their value. Apparently so, yeah. Well, we have a good one today. Um, so as always, let's go ahead and talk about our pickups, dude. I had some awesome pickups this past week. Uh, I actually grabbed Jam & Earl, Ultimate Kicks, that's Q-I-X, Cyborg Justice, Star Control, and Battletech on the Sega Genesis. All perfect, pristine condition. The little tabs that everybody apparently loves on the Sega Genesis boxes. Um, manuals look like they were never cracked open. Labels are perfect. You even look at the pins, and these things are like pristine. Like the guy just never touched them. Apparently, he had them since his childhood. Uh, overall, though, it was a pretty awesome pickup. And then to top all that off, later on that day, I picked up a Wii U with five Pro Controllers. One of them was an off brand multiple Wii notes or we not we Wii notes we motes and uh i also got some games as well tied in with that one of them being
1: adventure time that's a solid pickup and as uh frequenters of the podcast will know i promised i would get smash and i got smash and uh i've played a little bit of the world of light it's pretty fun I played a little multiplayer that's really fun I mean, I I had played a little bit before I actually picked it up, so I knew what I was getting into anyways. But, I mean, it's it's great to actually finally have it and be able to just kind of sit down and, like, bust it out real quick and play around. It's great. I still need to get the... uh, We talked a long time ago about the Nintendo Online and the controversy around that when it started, and so I'm finally going to take the plunge and get that. So we'll see, you know, when I actually get online... I'll throw out and, you know, we'll kind of come back to that and clean up and see, hey, is this what we thought it was going to be? It's been out for a while. It's had some time to kind of have everybody else get used to it. It's had some time to build up a few NES titles so we can actually kind of give it a fair shake now. Because I kind of think that sometimes on day one, it's a little bit hard to judge a product. And especially with the way things are coming out now where day one doesn't mean whole game, you know. So that's just uh, that's just part of the trend. So we'll see what's going on with that when
0: I get into it. Yeah, so two things for you, man. Uh, first off, now that you have Smash, it means you could be the life of the party again. Uh, so that, that's positive. Now Always all- the life of the party. Uh, that's debatable. Uh, so the other thing, though, too, man, is I recently saw a headline. I didn't get to read the article. Didn't have an opportunity. But it was saying that there's no excuse for Nintendo's issues with its online service. So just for warning, there's a headline. I haven't checked out the article. If I can find it again, I'll link it to you. Um, but yeah, there is a headline out there that's, well, that's kind of having issues.
1: Apparently. Yeah, I know Nintendo's never really tackled it in a solid way, but I mean, I played Smash on the DS in a movie theater using my phone's Wi-Fi hotspot, and I did fine. Like, it wasn't any worse than it was at home, and I know that it definitely has some issues, but, I mean, realistically, if you have, like, a solid phone connection and you're not trying to just like do it on like starbucks where everybody's on it like if you're just doing it yourself you could probably make it work but that'll be part of my test i'll run it through i'll run it through the trials yeah definitely and uh when we get an opportunity to play i have to try k rule well i gotta unlock everybody first that's that's the one thing i'm finding out like i'm playing world of light and that's fun But it it takes a bit with that many characters to get everybody unlocked. Is Jigglypuff an automatic-like character you can have? Uh, You know, I don't know. I actually, I've only played multiplayer on other people's copies. I just got mine on the first. So it's been uh, a whole day of smashing. So we'll find out once I start getting in. I talked to a friend earlier, fan of the podcast, and he was telling me that there was a big patch that came out because the... all the encounters were way too hard and they got harder every time you failed that he like a pro got everybody in like the first week before the patch came out so honor to honor to you black yeah man uh
0: what we can do actually together is try and unlock those characters we can look it up see uh what's required for each one and i have no issue sitting back and playing some smash
1: we'll do it we'll do it
0: sounds good man um well since sounds like that's what you're currently playing right now is smash all right so we've kind of jumped out of our order of typical things, which is fine. Um I'm actually still playing Final Fantasy 15. So I think when we talked last time I was on chapter three, currently on chapter eight. Oh. Still doing a ton of side quests. You know, the funny thing is though, these chapters are like super fast and I'm very much overpowered for where I need to be. So I think chapter eight's like, yeah, you recommended levels 34. I'm 53 right now just because of a sheer amount of side quests that I keep going into right now.
1: Yeah, you're not even trying to power level. You're just kind of yeah, I'm doing just, all the content. Yeah, I'm
0: just enjoying it, uh, really, just first and foremost. Um, fishing has been like the coolest experience so far with that game. I just love being able to go to some random ass pier and throw out a line or, like, yeah, you're going to catch the liege of uh, the swamp. It was like this crazy, like twenty minute battle, or not battle, but like fight of me trying to bring in this giant fish. Unbelievable how like the battle music now is just so intense. Like you're sitting there, like trying to properly gauge when the fish is running, when there's slack on your line. It's it's actually
1: pretty fun. Have you have you looked into seeing if you can get any of the uh, the box sealed copies of the Final Fantasy fifteen fishing game? No, not yet.
0: You know, I'm waiting for. my copy of Blitzball 2003 to come out. (laughs) Uh, That hasn't been released either. So uh, when that gets released, maybe... No, they made a fishing game.
1: Did they really? Yeah, they made a Final Oh yeah, you're right, you're right. No, no,
0: I I do recall that now. No, you're correct. I do recall seeing that. I'm still waiting for my Blitzball game though. That needs to happen. I'm so angry that uh, Square Enix never did kind of sit back really Square Soft at the time. Uh, didn't sit back and say, you know what? A Blitzball game would be pretty awesome right now. I can tell you, man, I would still be playing Blitzball against people if I could.
1: Yeah, it's VR. Really? Oh, yeah.
0: Oh, so another reason to get PlayStation VR, huh? Yes, sir. Is that banked off of the Final Fantasy 15 game? I mean, it, it would make sense if it was. No, yeah. It, I mean, because there's, totally there's fishing in it. So, um, Okay, well, obviously that is Final Fantasy 15 that you pulled up, Monster of the Deep. That's pretty cool. I need to look into it. I do remember seeing that now that you mention it. Uh, well, that is my currently playing, dude. Um, I will probably still be playing Final Fantasy fifteen next week, but we'll see what my progress is. As I said last time, truly enjoying the game so far. I wouldn't say it's my game of the year, but I'm getting a hell of a lot of playtime in it for my, I think it was 30 bucks for the Royal Edition. Other than that, man, I know you have some interesting, well, not interesting
1: news, but we've got an anniversary that just came up. I know you're excited to talk about it. So 2019 is the 30 year anniversary of the mother series. And a lot of people are excited. It's also the year of the pig. Maybe this is the year we finally get a localized version of, you know, mother three people have been waiting for it. I mean, anybody that's out there that knows the fantastic uh, play through the beard bros did with the fan translation. And it's so amazing and they want it they just want it out you know they said hey nintendo we made this awesome thing take it and just put it out there for everybody and i know that they're not really doing releases of stuff you know through a virtual console just yet or maybe ever except for the nes games on the online but i think it would be really cool if we could see like a mother 1 mother 2 mother 3 all packaged on a single cart release for switch Or, I mean, with all the Spyro and Crash trilogies coming out lately, like, could you imagine, like, an awesome revamp, all three mother games, like, totally remade with, like, assets similar to what they did with, like, Hey You Pikachu, and, uh, or not Hey You Pikachu, Let's Go Pikachu, Let's Go Eevee. And, I mean, that would be really cool. I know, I love the sprite work. I carry around a planner that's, uh, Earthbound themed, and, I, I really like it. I've only ever played Earthbound. I've never played Mother One. I've seen, like I said, the Beer Bros playthrough of Mother Three and it's it's a great series. I mean, we get Ness and Lucas in Smash, but you know, there's not a lot out there. Most of the people in Smash have a lot more cred than they do, but they're still in it. And I think it would be great to see something like that this year. See
0: dude, one of Japan's biggest issues, right not Japan necessarily, but Nintendo is they assume that our market does not want certain titles. They've done it throughout their entire history. They will just not release a title here because they feel we're not going to like it. I guess and it we really... got
1: Star Fox 2 last year on the Super Nintendo.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. So, I mean, I don't know. SNES Classic 2. Who knows? Um, I mean, it's possible.
1: So that's pretty much what you're hoping comes out as a game release. I, I think it would be cool. I think it would be awesome for Nintendo to acknowledge it. I mean... It's been a meme forever, like in the, uh, what is it, Robot Chicken, where they've got Reggie on stage, and they're like, give us Mother 3! Like, it's one of those things that people have been crying at Nintendo for, and I think it would be awesome if they finally followed through, and this is the perfect time to do it, Mother 3 for the 30th. So, likely what'll occur is they'll say, hey,
0: Mother 3, it's coming out in two years. <laughs> I mean, just leave it to Nintendo, man. That's uh, That's where I see that going. Yeah, um, well, if that's a uh, something you're looking forward to in uh, 2019 as an announcement, at least, or a game release. Uh, and since we're dreaming at this point of things that will never occur, I'm hoping for Bloodborne, too. I would love to see an announcement. I guess that um, I think it's, it's not PAX, right? It's a PlayStation's event that they do.
1: Yeah, and also they're not going to be PlayStation's not even going to be at uh, E three. No, well, year. they have their own
0: event. It's like PlayStation Experience or something that they do.
1: Yeah, they do a few of those. Yeah, kind so of things,
0: and they have the Tokyo, Tokyo uh, Game Show. Yeah, exactly. So they got the Expo out there. So uh, I would absolutely love to hear Bloodborne two get announced. People have been clamoring for that as well. For I guess since it came out, really, um, or just shortly after it came out. So if that was announced, then maybe there's hope for Mother three
1: maybe yeah it, it's kind of cool thinking about things that we might want to see this year like i'd also love to see like a true uh paper mario sequel like just like the classic paper mario thousand year door partner turn based rpg style i would love to see that on the switch and carry that around with me that'd be great you know what i'd like to see is more information on the
0: final fantasy 7 remake
1: yeah, yeah. That was definitely absent last year, and I did want to see more about how that's coming along.
0: Last I heard though, um, and this is probably a couple of years ago when I first heard this, they were talking about it be released in like episodes, like yeah. segments. Yeah. It's kinda lame. If you well, really think about I it. I mean,
1: it could be some one of those things that they might want to rethink. I know with the um the most recent hitman that came out, that was also Square. And uh they changed that up and they did package all of the Uh, hitman that came out a couple years ago with that and that was one of those episodic releases and with the closing of telltale and their episodic format maybe it was one of those industry trends that a couple years ago looked really promising because people were pushing it and not everybody really came on board i mean the only thing that has really stuck around from them and really really climbed on is just like open world stuff like open world stuff's all over the place, but you couldn't make that into an open-world game, so maybe we'll try to get a closer thing? Maybe. Uh,
0: honestly, man, I can tell you in my mindset what John would do is... Uh, so what would John do? We can make a whole new segment on that, by the way. So if Final Fantasy 7 was released in an episodic format, I can guarantee you I would not purchase it by episode. There's no way. There'd be no reason for me to do so. Why am I going to play part of a game... And wait, God knows how long with these guys. It's not going to be a next year release, knowing them. It's going to be a two, three year release after the fact. And, you know, at that point, I'm not going to play that crap an episode at a time. That's just BS. So hopefully that does change. We haven't heard anything in so long. Um, At least I haven't read anything in a while. Uh, Might be worth looking into and following
1: up on it next week. Well, yeah. And I mean, with Final Fantasy 15, you know, you're playing it. That was a solid game. But, you know, they're also starting to release other things. Like last year, I think it was that we got the uh, Final Fantasy XII HD release. I can't remember the subtitle on that. Um, Well, it's on my shelf. You can... uh... Oh, Zodiac Age. Yeah, Zodiac Age. So it's like with the release of that, which also had content that wasn't in the original release, you know, and the remakes of... I mean, there's been ports of... Final Fantasy X, X, pushed over, you know, upgraded again to PS4 from PS3 and Vita. And see,
0: that's another thing, man, that I absolutely cannot stand about them. I know they all have, like, different, like, A-teams and B-teams and all that that work on the development, and they push stuff out and outsource and all that good stuff. But, and you and I talked about a while back, why in the hell are they doing that? Like, putting resources towards another thir- another version of Final Fantasy X and X2 released on the PS4, PS3, etc. when they could be working on Final Fantasy seven or putting more of their team dedicated towards that specific project to get things released quicker. Like, how many times do we need to see a Final Fantasy X and X2 release? Like, really? Like, you just had it on PS3 and then you ported it over on PS4 when really, if you would have included backwards compatibility on the PS4, you could have gone ahead and just had it on there.
1: Or updated, like, the PS4 to be able to do it. Like, Xbox keeps every... I think it's, like, every month they release, like, a new list of games that are now backwards compatible.
0: So, jumping into our next topic, and that's actually going to be something uh, that I'm going to bring up now, that you mention it, uh, is gaming resolutions 2019, and what we're going to talk about is a bad trends that need to end now. This is pulled from an article by Gaming Revolution, and uh, I'm just going to quickly go over, man, uh, the three, three of the key things that they brought up that need to end. And uh, one of them, the very first one that uh, was pulled out was unfinished games. And so what I've outlined myself here is Fallout 76 with all the crap that they did on PC. And then uh, apparently Spyro, you get the game, and it was just an hours upon hours of install to get the rest of the game on there. So it wasn't finished. So as a consumer... Ryan goes into the store, he's like, yeah, I can't wait to play this version of Spyro. You're expecting maybe a gigabyte patch or something that's going to take you 20 minutes to download, which would be shocking if it even did that long. Um, And then you're stuck waiting several hours to play this game that you just got. So that's something that they recognize as it needs to end in 2019. We need to have fully finished games. Yes, day one bugs are to be expected, but we should not have to, as a consumer, wait for the full game to be released like I understand they got deadlines they got to push this stuff out but could you have waited an extra two weeks to get it added on to your uh on your you know files and whatnot before it was pressed I mean
1: that's just well and it's one of those things like I I miss the days where games were just plug and play like that's one of my favorite things about the SNES classic is that it's like the easiest way to play all these games you just plug it into your TV and go like you don't have to worry about all the stuff like I I like what you're saying about Spyro, and I appreciate that. I mean, when I got Red Dead, it took me probably like an hour or a little more, a little less. I can't remember exactly how long to install. And it was annoying, but I've become accustomed to it. You know, that's kind of the day we live in now. You can't just put a disc in and go. But that game didn't release finished either. They waited a month to release the online mode. And... I wasn't frustrated with that because the online mode is fun, but they made this big, beautiful, awesome game and they didn't want people to buy it just to play the online mode. And if they wanted to do that, they could wait to do it. But they wanted people to have time and talk about the amazing thing that they made. So, you know, that's one way to do it that's maybe a little bit better, but not really, I guess.
0: Yeah, I mean, in a sense, though, I like that that flow of things because as a player you get used to the title you've played it quite a bit and then you have something to look forward to after the fact and then they still put
1: a tutorial mode in yeah you start the online like you didn't just play the whole game i I mean it could have been been somebody
0: picked it up as a late release i mean i would see the tutorials necessary but maybe an option to skip it which i would assume you you had that option nope no? Okay, well, then that's just stupid. Uh, so that's another thing that changed in 2019. Tutorials that you don't need to do for a late online release.
1: Or intuitive tutorials. I mean, I've heard people talk about this. If anybody's ever seen uh, Ego Raptors, Mega Man uh, video about how when it switched to X, how everything kind of was, like, really good, and they didn't have all this, like you know, pop ups and you got to do this and you got to do this. The game just taught you by playing. And I mean, with games with really more in-depth systems and it's like, well, this button does this action when you're over here, it does this action when you're over here. But I mean, for people that have played games, like it isn't a bad thing to try to keep bending towards more intuitive tutorials. Or I saw a video a little while ago where it was like, okay, if somebody keeps running into a wall, prompt them about movement but don't just assume that they need to go through this thing before they can play like let people play and if they need the help let them have access to the help whenever they need it which i noticed which
0: is really cool about final fantasy 15 is it's like Do you want a tutorial? I'm like, no, I don't need a tutorial. Now I kind of question if I should have needed a tutorial. Um, But I've actually picked up things as I've gone along in battle and understood a lot of the mechanics that at first I didn't understand. But it's really just grinding through it, going into battles, and just, you know, you learn. And that's what a lot of the games when when we played as kids were. You picked up a game and you sucked at it for a while, but you continued on and you learned. I mean, there weren't crazy... There weren't any tutorials from what I remember on NES games, let alone SNES. So... Yeah. I mean, fully understand where you're at on that. Another thing that a gaming revolution pointed out, and we don't have to go super in depth on this one. Everybody knows about it. Everybody hates it. Exploitative loot boxes. Yep. So it obviously preys on gamblers instinct to to gamble. Really. It's annoying as hell um, from a consumer standpoint that they have all of these items hidden behind loot boxes that you got to pay for. I understand it's a revenue generator, but there's definitely other ways that they can be gaining revenue throughout the year, whether it's increase your overall price per game by five bucks or 10 bucks. I would honestly rather pay. I mean, obviously I buy a lot of used stuff, but I would with a new game, rather pay $10 than you to have content hidden behind loot boxes. And in a sense, force me to get those items through loot boxes. Now, a lot of games offer you the ability to do that to you know kind of quickly increase in level and such um but you have the opportunity to obviously go within the game and explore and get things at a slower pace but regardless i just i think it's a ridiculous way to um to make income and uh unfortunately i don't see it going away in 2019
1: well i mean there are certain things there's a uh law i think it's in belgium But they passed a law banning it, and I think it was EA or some other AAA company that said, well, we're not going to take it out of our game. So they're effectively breaking the law by selling their games with those intact in a country in Europe. And I know that the Hawaiian senator or uh, somebody down there was trying to raise some kind of awareness toward this. Like It's a big problem. Uh, Jim Sterling talks about it a lot. He loves a rag on the AAA, but it's it's really sad. I heard this story he told about some guy who he had problems and him and his brother, like addictive problems, and him and his brother played games together and it was like a refuge for him. And now with all these games having these mechanics, like they've interrupted something that he was using to overcome those issues. And it's like these things are designed to hurt people and designed to affect certain people and everybody who says well I don't buy them they're not aimed at me. No they're not aimed at you they're aimed at weak people who need you know this not in their games they don't need to be pressured all the time to do this stuff and- Yeah man
0: I uh, I got an old buddy that passed away a few years back but he, uh, he was like 15 grand in debt over like not necessarily loot boxes because it was before that became like a mainstream item. But, you know, mobile games or, or even like free PC games that said, oh, we'll buy X amount of gems and you can boost up your character and such. The guy was literally 15K in debt over that. And it's just unbelievable that this continues to go on. And, I, you know, I don't want to get in a whole like social justice warrior type of mode here. But, yeah, I mean, there's
1: there's other methods of well, And there's other studios that, that are doing it the right way. Like anybody that ever talks about this kind of stuff, I always got a point towards grinding gear games and Path of Exile. It is a fantastic, totally free-to-play Diablo equivalent with actually way more depth and way more content, and it's getting constant updates all the time. The only thing you can buy is cosmetics. And you can buy a ton of cosmetics, and you could pay a lot for cosmetics, but there's absolutely nothing you can do in that game that is ever going to give you an in-game advantage.
0: Yeah, which is the way it should be. Um, well, not necessarily should be. I would prefer to not have to pay for cosmetics, but you know, at the same time, I see that as a better option than, hey, you're going to get this like crazy sword that does X damage now yeah. versus like later on in the game. Um, so let's we'll see. Another item is uh, lying about collector's editions. Now we all know the recent tales of Fallout 76 and their nylon bags instead of canvas. Um, I see this as kind of an issue um i mean well it is an issue because i mean they're falsely advertising a product right i think it was capcom uh infinity whichever marvel version. versus Capcom, yeah infinity yeah I, not a game i I play.
1: saw those uh eggs that it came with
0: yeah so apparently that had some pretty bad gems that came through um fallout obviously had its issues uh the way i see this man is if you were to purchase, say, a statue for a comic book, okay, like a Batman statue, they have nice, like, ceramic-based statues. Like, I've got a couple myself. Those statues alone, they sell for, what, 60 70 bucks retail, okay? So you know that DC and, um, I guess it's Diamond Comics that has this, they're all making money off a nice 12-inch ceramic statue, and it's beautiful. The work is just Very much well done. And a lot of these are limited to 5 and 10,000 pieces, right? And they're still selling for 80 to 100 bucks. That is a limited product. And when you look at the long-term financial aspect of it, a lot of these statues go into the two and $300 range down the road because they're limited, because they're so well-made, right? So as a collector, if I'm buying a limited edition collector set for a game and I get a flipping nylon bag and a plastic helmet for 200-something bucks, that's absolutely ridiculous. Like, what you can give me is a nice 12-inch version of, you know, somebody from the Wasteland and having the game included and charge me 150, 160 bucks and you're going to give me more than I could have got out of the helmet and a nylon bag and some stickers and a notebook that I'm never going to write in.
1: How, how about this?
0: How about you take, uh, like, Amiibo? How much does an Amiibo go for? I think they're... Depends on where you're going, but usually twelve. 15 uh, like a bucks.
1: new one at the
0: store. Maybe fifteen
1: bucks. Okay. So you take an amiibo, you take the technology out of the amiibo, you turn that into a code that you get for something, you know, dumb and easy like the amiibo do, but makes the game a little bit more interesting or a little bit more fun. It's unlockable through normal play, but it just gives you that quick like in game thing that is exclusive. You get a nice well made, put together, little figure, and you make a new box, you charge them ten bucks for the box, throw in some, you know, dice or a coin or some stickers like Owlboy gave you, and you charge 80 bucks, and you make enough of them that anybody that wants one can get it. I mean, not just the cheap quality of those, but like the sheer limit, like We talked about last week with the uh, Kingdom Hearts 3 PS4, a thousand of them that scalpers are just going to jump online and steal and they don't even give a shit. They're just going to resell them. Like, come on, pick up the game on all of these exclusives and special editions like people want them and you're making them a terrible investment. You're charging way too much money. And then you're shorting the market, like it's well, all guess the, garbage. The
0: keyword there, though, is you're saying investment, and it really shouldn't even be looked upon as an investment, but it should be looked upon from the idea that if I purchase this, it should theoretically hold the value. So, like, I purchased a Nino two, Nino Kuni Two game, right? I think it was like two hundred bucks. It's an awesome collector's edition. By all means, that collector's edition is badass. But it's now sitting at, like, 75 bucks. I saw two of them at Best Buy. Yeah, right? So you probably could have picked one up with uh, the Gamers Club reward that we have um, through James. But overall, man, like, that is a way that a collector's edition, like, I would want, right? Like, I was happy spending 200 bucks on that. But for whatever reason, the game has just dropped in price drastically along the collector set for some random reason, even though it's limited to, like, 25,000 copies. I mean, it could go up down the road. It might not. But another collector's edition I do have is um, the Tales of Symphonia Chronicles edition. And that had like some little chibi figures and such, an art book, a CD. It had some really cool items in there. It's held about the same price point since it came out new. Like it just hasn't dropped at all versus Nino Kuni 2's box, which has. Um, And that could go up in value down the road. Who knows? I'm not looking at it from that perspective. But I know when I got that box that I wasn't lied to. Like, mm-hmm. everything that I was expecting, like, it met every single expectation. And so, hopefully in 2019, a lot more companies that do these limited editions put out either a better product or lessen how much you're going to be paying for something based on what you're actually giving them. Like, that $200 collector's edition for Fallout maybe should have been, what, 100 bucks,
1: Maybe 120 for the mm-hmm. helmet? I mean... Yeah, and I mean, there's, there's other things, too, to look at. Like, I got the collectors for... Grand Theft Auto 4 when that came out, I still use the tote bag that came with it whenever I'm going somewhere for an overnight or I'll use it as a gym bag. It's held up this whole time with like a lot of use. I use it a lot, like whenever I go out of town I take it with me. And then it came with like a solid metal uh lockbox with a key that I keep a bunch of stuff with and I use it all the time. Like I use those things. They're they're not just you know, shelf dressing. They're actual, hey, these are things that are cool and branded. And wouldn't you like to have them? Like, that's how you're going to sell me on something. I've got enough digital games now that I'm not tied to owning the box. That I don't need to own a bunch of extra stuff on top of that. Like, if I want little knickknacks, I'll get Loot Crate. It's way cheaper.
0: Yeah, and you get more stuff, really. I mean, if you think about it. um, So. Could be a Sponsor. Should be a sponsor, maybe. So the other thing that you and I discussed separately, so this wasn't included on a Gaming Revolutions article. Uh, we actually kind of came to a conclusion that in 2019, they need to stop creating games that do not include a book or reversible cover. Like, give us back our manuals, give us back our yeah, reversible put covers. Put
1: manuals in or take those little tabs that are supposed to hold a manual out and make all covers reversible, like so far the only four physical switch games I own all reversible covers. Love it.
0: Yeah, I mean it's obviously it's obviously like a really cool aspect. I remember one of the first reversible covers I got, which is kind of random, but uh Final Fantasy, I think it was Dissidia on the PSP, if I'm correct. Um they actually have a, uh, a black reversible cover with all the evil characters and then mm. they have a white reversible cover with all the good characters nice seriously like one of the coolest reversible
1: covers I've ever had I like the Borderlands reversible covers uh, I haven't seen that one yet you'll have to you'll yeah to show all the me. Borderlands they've got a nice design and I don't even think I don't even think that they were ever really intended as reversible covers but I mean having that artwork looking at you inside the box and being able to look at it outside the box is great yeah uh, I totally
0: agree if you do um, now I can say, though, there's some games that you can see on my shelf there for the Switch in particular. A lot of the indie gamers, or not indie gamers, indie developers are actually including books within all their games. So if you picked up, I think it's Cave Story might be there. Uh, that definitely has a book. Axiom Verge has a book. Um, like, see, that's that's pretty sweet, in my opinion, of what Cave Story did. So for those listening, Ryan's got a copy of Cave Story opened up in his hand with a CD. Yep. And a reversible cover. So, it's good stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, that, that's where I am, too. I cannot remember what in the hell I was going to bring up as my other thing to stop doing in 2019. Gaming industry is lucky, but I did not write it down. because I would have put them completely on blast, dude.
1: You got away with it today, AAA.
0: Today. All right. So, uh, let's go into our fabled inflation deflation. So, I'll let you do all of the... Uh, little behind the developer stuff, so I'll let you pull out your uh, handy-dandy iPad. And uh, the game that we did this week, we mentioned it last week as well, but we played Africa on the PlayStation 3. So, Ryan, take
1: it away on all the little fancy right. behind-the-developer stuff. So, Africa is a PlayStation 3 uh, Safari simulator game. You go out and take pictures of all the animals it's like it's like pokemon uh snap but in real life well in a real life setting but you could actually do it yourself if you wanted and you're followed by a guy named jambo in his jeep exactly jambo jeep but it was developed by rhino studios published by sony computer entertainment and natsumi uh it's uh got mediocre scores at best sitting at a 63 on metacritic uh it's doesn't really have a lot of info on the wiki about it there's some use of six axis control in it because it was released pretty early in the uh, playstation 3 life cycle and the first thing I noticed when we turned it on was that it's been a while since I've touched a playstation 3 game I mean I since I got my ps4 I really haven't gone back to it and anything I've gone back to has been older than ps3 and I kind of forget how decent it can look for even a middle-of-the-road game like you know it i don't know it's it's so hard to tell anymore what was good graphics way back when because everything looks so good now and everything from way back when you know your mind is like oh my god this is the final fantasy 10 the most realistic thing ever made and then it's like 10 years later it's like no it's not dude every time i play final fantasy 15 now i remember
0: back to when I was in, I guess, middle school at the time, and Final Fantasy X had not been released yet. And I was sitting back on the couch with my uncle, and we had the actual like cutscenes, like the demo video that they had created uh, for Final Fantasy X, and we were both like, wow, this is so super realistic, like, can't wait to play this game. It's, wow, the, the faces are so lifelike and everything. And now I look back, and I'm like, holy crap, I just want to laugh like Titus sitting on a, yeah. on a balcony. So... um. Yeah, dude. That game actually has held up uh Africa on yeah, PS3. Yeah. Graphically, I, I thought it was
1: pretty good, actually. Yeah, and the uh I mean the premise is exactly, you know, you just kind of get driven out. It's not an on-rails shooter like Pokemon Snap. You get driven to a location, you take pictures, uh you like I said, it's got some limited six axis, which from what we could tell is just if you turn the controller sideways, you can go into like a vertical mode as opposed to a horizontal mode. So portrait and landscape? Well, yeah, but I mean, nobody nobody actually films like it's more akin to your phone now. Like people are so much more accustomed to taking pictures like whenever, wherever and having like a real sense of vertical and horizontal because nobody ever. So
0: portrait and landscape?
1: Yes. So nobody ever wants to go online and be like, why did they shoot this in portrait mode? Like, the video looks terrible. Thank you. I
0: appreciate you using the correct terminology. You're welcome. As somebody that, not me, but you, as somebody that is very big into art, I'm just shocked that you would say vertical and horizontal.
1: Hey, I only took two photo classes in college. You took enough. I didn't take any. Yeah. Come on now. Yeah, we'll see. Uh, Whatever. Anyways, it it, it was some limited stuff. It wasn't like some game that was really trying to push those, like, hey, we are adding some tech into our controller and we need you to, you know, motion control aim and do all this stuff. Yeah. Um, so I guess
0: let's try and get down to a verdict here on this game. Uh, graphically, I thought it was pretty good. Uh, given the time gameplay wise, I I knew what I was getting into. I knew it was a a safari adventure where I was going to take photos. I mean, that's just what it is. Um, I think you would agree with me on that. We knew what we were getting into. Yeah uh as far as controls are concerned i thought they were a little laggy or not laggy but slow so the camera movement was a little slow to try and capture things um and then the overall gameplay when you're out of a jeep is fine i felt that that was pretty smooth getting to each animal um what was the one thing that uh you and i did not like oh the lack of voice acting yeah. In that game like I you know for budget purposes I can get it you know but you can pull some like b-roll or not you know like b-roll
1: type performers to do some voice work for you yeah if you if they just have not even good voice acting like even mediocre voice acting that you could make fun of a little bit yeah not so me you can hire Ryan and I we'll actually redo the PS4
0: updated version of africa
1: re-release of africa yeah
0: the game that nobody's ever heard of in their life i mean unless you were actively in the process of looking at playstation 3 news prior to the actual release of the console that's how i knew about it actually um yeah i mean i i think we're both in in total agreement on that i would say for my score on this i would give it like a six out of ten and for me i would say that what is it 54 bucks right now complete
1: yeah, so it's going thirty-two thirty-seven loose, fifty-four ninety-nine complete, sixty-four fifty-four new. All right, this hurts
0: my collection. All three copies of Africa or two copies I own. Uh, so I'm gonna go ahead and say it's inflated. It's not worth fifty-five bucks in the slightest, in my opinion.
1: No, yeah, not at all. And you know, it's actually kind of weird because normally when we review games, they are so far below or might be above whatever their initial release price was but this is a game that's basically just mostly held its value well i mean the
0: game itself is not really an easy game to come by i mean if you go to gamestop right now and find a copy of africa used it's going to cost you like 50 60 bucks right now oh wow yeah so i mean when i first picked it up it was going for about 70 and uh i picked them up i think gamestop was selling them for maybe 20 bucks at the time this was like right at the end of the life cycle of the PS3. Um, well, not end of the life cycle because they're still pulling stuff out. But um, it was probably just before the PS4 was released. Yeah, I started picking up um, just random games on the console that I figured might go up in value just you know, in case I wanted to play them. I didn't have to pay 60 bucks down the road. Um, Africa was one of those titles that I picked up and I picked up several copies just in case. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's not an easy title to come by. If you did a GameStop search right now for a regional aspect of in 100 miles where Africa is located in our area, I can guarantee you might find one copy 95 miles away. I don't see you finding multiple copies close to us. It's just not an easy game to come by. So you'd
1: have an easier time just going to Africa?
0: Most likely. Yeah, I I would probably say. And that's probably what deflated. So, yeah. Yeah.
1: So, and you know, one interesting thing about this to tie back into what we were talking about before the manual for this game is 1335. Like, come on, game companies. People want manuals for games that they're not even that jazzed about playing. Like, it's a mediocre game that still looks good. You know, we can see how it could have been, you know, at least a little bit better than it was. But, I mean, it it does have that sense where at least the manual is worth something more, you know, the game's worth a lot. But, well that is
0: what it is man so we haven't decided what we're playing yet for next week i've been eyeing the shelf as you've been talking so sorry for ignoring you uh how much longer do we have on that vote well it's done um i don't even remember i think it's ghostbusters 2 i don't want to play that next week let's not even touch that james is coming into town in a few weeks so when he gets here he can watch us in agonizing pain as we play Ghostbusters. All right. Yeah, I think that's the deal. Thanks I'm, to
1: everybody out there that participated and voted.
0: Yeah, thanks for the few that voted for Space Ace. I mean, we really appreciated you trying to get us out of Ghostbusters. Obviously, it didn't work.
1: In the future, when he tries to you know, hurt us bad like this, we'll, uh, we'll try to reach out to the community and, and see if there's anything we can't do for you guys to help us out. Yeah, that'd be great. So... I've got my eyes right now, man. I'm
0: looking at Streets of Rage 1 and 2. I think I have three as well. Um, I should have three. Are you down to play Streets of Rage? You know
1: what else we could do? Um, Like we did with the two crew dudes? Uh, I saw the Shaq Fu remake. We could check out the original Shaq Fu and check
0: that out side by side. So when Ryan is not on the episode next week, I promise it was hashtag not a murder. <laughs> yeah, no, dude. You know what James actually has? We both talked about this a while back. He has a copy of Shaq Fu hanging above his doorstep to keep out bad spirits. Oh, wow. And E.T. E.T. is on the other door oh, at his wow. house. Yeah. So uh, that's how poor that game that's actually than is. salt. That is, Shaq Fu's really a game that we have to do for a crappy game challenge. I don't think we, we already know that game's garbage uh i mean we got slime world i'm kind of itching for genesis game man it's been a while since we did that well we'll... why don't we talk about it and then we'll announce it online i suppose we could man well uh you're disappointing me but Mm -hmm. I, i i guess we can go that route all right do you think we can be in sync when we end this episode
1: okay at this point it's been a running joke that we we're not going to be able to do it and literally every time he does it i go like i want to count down to three but then we'd have three seconds of silence so i guess what we'll do is we'll just keep talking and then i'll go one two three and then there's silence see we didn't we weren't thinking what you got to do
0: is when i'm saying and we are you got to say it at the same time because it's coming up okay all right okay. so let, let's try this all right guys We appreciate you listening. We'll have an inflation deflation that we're going to announce online uh, via Facebook, Instagram, whatever it may be. Um, With that said, I'm John. And I'm Ryan. And we are The Game Game Deflators. Deflators. Woo! We actually got it, dude. Yeah! All right. Sweet. See you guys next week. Have a good one. Thanks.